Welcome to this episode of Living Legends, sponsored by the New Farm Insider. I'm your host today, John Reitman, and our guest is Dick Bader, international golf course agronomist. I appreciate you making time for me today. No problem. Throughout your career, you've been a superintendent at some of the most recognized clubs in the country. You know, there's Pine Valleys and Oak Hill and Marion. Right. Places that a lot of people would consider a career destination. Mm-hmm. Right. You've moved on. Now your title is International Golf Course Agronomist. How long were you actually a superintendent? And can you tell us a little bit about what an international golf course agronomist is? Yeah, I was a a superintendent basically for 35 years. And, um, you know, as far as going to these different courses, you know, I made my mark when I went from my second Career stop, where I said there's seven years, uh, country club of Pittsfield, Pittsfield, Mass, where I'm living now. And, but, you know, when I first got my first job was Mill River Country Club in Stratford, Connecticut. I was three months short of my 21st birthday. <laughs> I worked on a course two years. I was never an assistant, but I, I knew how to work. I didn't know anything, but I knew how to work. But anyways, uh, and then... When I was at the my last next to last stop, uh, Atlantic City Country Club, they sold out. You know, we hosted the women's um, mid am, and they the Fraser family sold out to uh, one of the casinos, and I didn't want to work for a casino, so I went into consultant business. And uh, international means you know, I besides this country, obviously across the uh, pond. Uh, done work in Ireland, Sweden, New Zealand, England, a uh, number of places. And, you know, I even got to prep a couple jobs, uh, Barca back in Sweden for a women's LPGA, and they're getting ready for the uh, Scandinavian Masters. And uh, so I've had a, it's a, it's been about 18 years now, 18, 19 years. Uh, and I even went back. Uh, after about 10 years of consultant to as an interim superintendent for two years, or a tremendous the superintendent was at the Inter- International Club in Bolton, Massachusetts, so which at that time was the longest course in the country, almost 8,400 yards. Uh, so I've, I've been fortunate enough to get, I'm in my consultant business, I probably had more than, more top 100 classical clubs in most probably any any uh, consultant, one of my clients added it up. So I never did that, but you know. So I've been very fortunately blessed in this uh, oh profession, and I'd like to move around. Sometimes I've been told to leave too, <laughs> my mouth. But <laughs> now I always had worked on this theory. I never wanted to get complacent. I see these guys. Bless their heart, they stay there 35, you know, 25, 35 years, and a lot of them get complacent. I never wanted to do that or have a club get complacent with me. And once I hit the market, Oak Hill, and proved myself, then the jobs came to me. I never applied again. It's just like my consultant business I've never once advertised. Uh, I don't have a website. I don't even operate a computer. I do have a fax machine, though. That's good. I had a cell phone. <laughs> I'm so super organized, and I, yeah, I do a lot of notes. That's how I've survived, and I don't need that 
addiction. And I pay people to do that for me. <laughs> Once you got the position at Oak Hill, so the jobs mm-hmm. came to you. You didn't have to apply for anything anymore. What has been the secret to your success, both as a superintendent and then also as a consultant? Okay, two things have probably uh, been paramount to my success. One, I hire good people, uh, the management team. You know, I try to run it like a corporation, promote within, get top-notch assistance. It's very, very difficult. If I was in a profession now, couldn't get away with a lot of this stuff, and it's harder and harder to get good assistance. You know, surf schools are not cranking them out, and there's there's no work ethic. And the biggest thing is I've always had green chairmen and president that said, do it, and I did it. And they backed me in everything. No, it wasn't always easy. I didn't get everything I wanted. Nobody does. Uh, but even when I made, you know, mistakes, I always admitted them, and they always backed me. They had spines of steel, and they knew how to get something passed. And one thing, like in Pine Valley, when I was, you know, I don't kill, is two years after the PGA Championship, and you know, when Mr. Ransom, the then president, who was a Animal dictator pointed in the right direction. Pine Valley was number two ranked in the world behind Muirfield in Scotland. And I asked him, if you're number two in the world, how difficult is it to get to be number one? He says, I don't know. How is it? How difficult? I said, it's not. I said, within three years, we're going to be ranked number one. And a month before the Walker Cup in 85, we got ranked number one. Uh, I've always set high goals. It's, you know, and that's not cockiness. It's inner confidence. I had a Rembrandt to work with. Pine Valley was the easiest non-pressure job. I only had to go up there. I mean, go up in condition because it was so worn out. And I put my own pressure on. They let me close down the courts first year in the summer, burn the fairways off, and uh, do a bent conversion. It helps. When you've got strong-minded chairmans and presidents, and again, I've throughout my career, I've had some of the best assistants and interns. You know, young Paul Latchow worked for me at Pine Valley. John Zimmers, he never worked for me, but I helped get him a job in Cleveland when I was in Kirtland, and we've you know been close friends ever since. And I've consulted with him at Oak, Oakmont for three years prior to the 16 Open and the whole bit, and I'm still doing the same. The thing at Inverness with him. I'll go through a wall through them because the crap they put up with me, <laughs> I mean, I pushed them. <laughs> they they thought they were in the service. <laughs> you mentioned pressure which you put on yourself and obviously upon the people who work for you. Some of the stories are rather infamous, and I think it was last year at the U.S. Open, you said that all of the stories that anybody's ever heard about you, or most of them anyway, were true. Um, and some of the stories are, have been rather unflattering over the years, you know. Talk to us a little bit about your management style and your philosophy, why you were so hard on people, and how they came out on the other end as better people for that. Well, I've always tried to run it as a corporation and military style. And I couldn't get away with, you know, with a politically correct world now, I couldn't get away with it. I had a bad temper, there's no question. But I pushed them to the hilt, and I tried to implant into them, not only professionally, but I just teaching them survival tactics in the world. And more importantly, I tried to assess upon them how important it was not to mess their personal life up as, as I did. And that's more important than a profession. But, you know, I pushed them hard because I was pushed hard when I was younger by different coaches, 
Uh, my uncle, I worked around a farm. Yeah, I grew up on a farm, basically. So many times I some of these former people are still associated with the guys that are superintendents. They'll thank me for pushing them. Uh, it taught them survival tactics and the right way to do it. And I tried to always impress upon them, too, is the uh, importance of detail work. And all those guys, you know, they're brought up by a lot of them that worked for Paul Atshaw. Me and him were in the same class. I, again, I couldn't get away with it, but, you know, I look back. Sure, there's a lot of things I'd like to change, but I can't, you know. We wouldn't all would. We all? Yeah, wouldn't we all, right? But again, I stressed their personal lives too. That's was, to me that was more important, you know. Probably about eighty percent of my courses, my assistants took over, and again, I had a lot of great interns. That's how you succeed. Yeah. Third part of the puzzle is, you know how to how to delegate, but you you hire where you're weak. You hire somebody that's stronger. And I always believed in working in the trenches, and I did. I mean, I was syringing seven days a week, 10 hours a day until I was almost 64. And that that's moving. And health issues, you know, a number, I think, of nine or 10 operations. And one of them was a hip, which I wore out from syringing. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the battle. And, you know, as a consultant, the last three years I've been busier than ever. One thing, too, I learned from every superintendent I do consult and work with. A lot of them, they bring me in, my former assistants, I help get jobs or uh, word of mouth. Some chairman calls me, stuff like that. But I always learn something from them, too. And like I worked before, I'm going to go as long as I can, as hard as I can until I drop. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned trying to steer them clear from making some of the same mistakes you did. Can you elaborate on that? Meaning divorces. plain and simple (laughs) too many of them (laughs) that's that's the biggest part you know and uh and also how many do you mind me asking three and the second and third are the same woman (laughs) that's why i left pine valley i went back with my second wife worked out for a while split up and it didn't work out again so that's probably and that was the biggest disappointment in my life that should have never broke up but things happen, you know. Josh Pope, who's at the Old White course at right. the Greenbrier, yep. and I was speaking with him recently about recovering from over the past year from the flood that they experienced there. Yep. And one of the things he mentioned was how he had worked for you, and he said, if I could survive that, I could definitely survive recovering from a flood. <laughs> Now you're a consultant, and the ultimate irony, now you find yourself oftentimes working for some of the people who ratted you out as a taskmaster. What does that say about what you have meant to them, that these same people now who worked for you now bring you back to help them? I'm very thankful, and they know what I was telling them. Always seek out help if you have an issue, whether it's from me or anybody else, and it's very heartening that they call me back in and I taught them that lesson that they can never stop learning and that's it makes me well pleased that they think enough of me they hated me at the time some of these guys I know they did but that's all right they probably thought I hated them too and maybe at times I did I'm very thankful that they do call me back and I've gotten so much business like that 
when I do consultant work, you know, I tell club or officials and superintendents what needs to be done, and I lay out programs. We'll be right back after a brief message from our sponsor. Pinpoint Fungicide from New Farm Americas contains a new active ingredient to deliver outstanding early and late season control of dollar spot. Pinpoint provides superintendents and turf management professionals with an excellent fungicide rotation partner to optimize disease management stewardship. Pinpoint's unique and targeted active ingredient has been proven in university performance trials and delivers outstanding control of dollar spot, take-all patch, fairy ring, and brown patch to ensure a clean field of play. For more information, visit newfarm.com. We're back with our guest, Dick Bader. I've read a lot in the past about you starting when you were 20 years old. And the way you maintain a golf course then is far different than how one is maintained today. How do you keep current with all the changes? Because I've kept up with reading research, but let's keep the mind too. We put our own pressure on. I was one of the first to start low cuts, and I've done that my whole career. I was ahead of the time in that regard, like Paul Latshaw was in a lot of things. And, we're, you know, we're our own worst enemies. But I keep up, by you know, conferences and stuff. You know, I graduated from UMass, but I wasn't afraid to venture out all over the country for other turf schools, for uh, research professors. Uh, when I had uh, <clears throat> severe insect problems at Oak Hill, I brought in Dr. Harry Nemchik from that point on. I brought in Dr. Houston Couch from Virginia Tech and Dr. John Hall from Virginia Tech. I never left home without him, so to say. I don't care if I had to go to Timbuktu to get a researcher, I, I got him. Right. If I didn't know the answer, I would know where to find it. You go back to your the early days of your career. Who were the people who were influential on your development? Dr. Joseph Troll from UMass was my, one of my first ones. I was fortunate enough to work on two small courses and the two superintendents that were there, Andy Johnson from Ludlow Country Club and uh, Bill Whitley at Little Amherst Golf Club, Nine Hole in Amherst, Mass, part of Amherst College. They're two of my good mentors in that era. And they weren't, you know, nothing compared to what we are now, technology and all that stuff. I didn't have the mentors that some of these guys have now because they're working at courses that are hosting PGA Tour stops or majors, you know. Or you know who I patterned after? Sherwood Moore from Wingfoot. Oh, sure. He was from Northampton, Massachusetts, and I was from Easthampton, Massachusetts, side-by-side towns. And I never worked for him or anything like that. In that era, he was the top, him and Bob Williams. And those are two guys I patterned myself after. Since the early days of your career, the days of being able to become a superintendent at the age of 20 are long gone. Long gone and lonely, yep. Yeah, that's that's scary. I feel sorry for these kids, and the turf schools aren't cranking them out, and we've lost so many courses that went, you know, went under. Probably lost close to a thousand courses. You're exactly right. And uh, yeah, it's changed in that regard. Top-notch turf schools—they got half, even less, the student population now. And the things I've seen—that's one big change. Two, the work ethic of these students coming out or even general labor force, is terrible. The members expect so much, even at the smaller end budget clubs. Of course, the other thing is 
all the regulations we face and the paperwork that's involved, you know, just to get through and you have to be so careful. And time consuming, if you don't have an administrative assistant, you're nuts. And we've been our worst enemies too as we try to raise the bar and there's so much competition between superintendents, uh, which is good. I'm glad it, that's the way it should be. Everybody complains, oh, we, we do too much, they expect too much. No, we expect more of ourselves and that's the way it should be. You spend so much time consulting on agronomic issues. I'm sure in a lot of these places you probably are called upon to give some career advice as well. Yeah, oh, I yeah, am, all the time. Top-notch assistant or a young superintendent, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get a top job, and some of these guys that work for the Latchaws, myself, and Zimmers, and all that, you know, that like want to host a PJ tour stop or a major, it's, it's more difficult and difficult for them to get there, you know. Or if somebody's never hosted a major, work for somebody that has, you know, and is very capable of doing it to get the first shot, that's even harder. That's probably, I got my shot at Oak Hill, wasn't, you know, I didn't know anything. But <clears throat> it wasn't as critical the way they host a major now. It's like when I did it, it's almost like hosting a four-day member guest, you know. <laughs> Not really, but it's, it's changed that more intricately. The best advice is really is show your product, get the best product possible, work the extra time, have the guys extra time, and somebody will recognize you. So what's the next chapter for you? Well, as my health holds up, and I'm, I've got diabetes, and I've got, you know, stomach ailments too, which is from bad eating and all that stuff, uh, I'm just going to keep going, so I can't go anymore. As long as I can accommodate a client they call and help them, day I can't help them, then I, that's the day I quit this part of the profession. Dick, thank you so much for your time today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.